Hello everyone. Welcome to our Sunday episode of In Conversation with IPR and Competition Law. I'm Ishita Borua, host of this podcast. I hope you have listened to our weekly updates. Today, we have with us Divyesh Srivastava, who is currently working as a research associate for a very renowned organization that is Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry. He is a 2016 batch law graduate from MGKVP University, Varanasi, starting his career as an IP litigation and prosecution lawyer. He soon developed a keen interest in policy advocacy and joined FICI, where he has worked on IP policy and advocacy issues since the last 3.5 years. He played a key role in drafting FICI's recommendations in the 161 parliamentary report on intellectual property. Apart from this, he is an avid traveler and mountain trekker. He has recently covered the majestic peak of Kedar Kantha at a towering height of 3800 meters, which is one of the most popular mountains in India. His love for traveling has made him intensely curious and eager to learn new things, whether it be cultural customs or a new skill. Today, we shall discuss the topic trademark prosecution. Hello Divyesh sir, welcome to our podcast. Before we begin our discussion on trademark prosecution, would you like to tell the listeners how did your interest merge towards intellectual property rights and then integrating yourself with FICI? Your overall experience with FICI till now, with your experience with your interns and your goal towards IPR? Thanks Ishita for that question and for inviting me to your podcast. First of all, let me congratulate you on this initiative of yours for sharing IPR and competition law updates to the audience. Such initiatives, I believe, are very much needed in today's times to increase awareness. And I'm happy that you have taken uh, the matter in your own hands to provide updates to the world. Now, coming to your question, to be very honest, when I was a student, just like anyone, I was searching for opportunities in the area of law after completing my LLB. After searching for different areas for internships, I came across IP as an evolving career option. And then to gain better understanding of it, I enrolled in Vicky's IP and competition law course. And pursuant to that, I got an opportunity to intern with them. And then one thing led to another. And finally, I got the opportunity to work with them. So at Fiki, I deal with almost all kinds of uh, IP policy issues on national as well as international level. Along with this, I also look after the IP education center, which provides uh, courses, IP courses to the people. The experience with Fiki has been great since every time there is something new to work upon, uh, there is a lot of room and acceptance for creative thinking and new ideas, which matches my style of working. So I'm happy with uh, with my position till now. Speaking about the experience with interns, I have had a very diverse experience with the people who come and work with us. I find that the majority of the students uh, are actually unaware about the importance and concepts of IP. But I'm happy that once they leave, uh, many of them leave with a positive feedback and several of them, uh, you know, come again to work with us. 
that was quite an interesting journey sir i would love to tell the listeners that a year ago in 2020 i have been selected as one of the six selected interns at the federation of indian chambers of commerce and industry under dvas sir sir and i remember those learning experiences fondly where we used to discuss every weekend about different topics on how to develop the ipr industry more not only that once sir even gave me the opportunity to give opening remarks or i would say introductory lines for a webinar that fikki under the guidance of tvh sir was conducting i'm always thankful to sir for selecting me and giving me the opportunity i think most of the many other students who have also interned under you are very thankful to you sir thanks ashita for those kind words really happy to know that you had a good experience thank you sir now i would love to proceed towards a discussion of today's topic that is trademark prosecution i think we should begin now sir would you like to begin the session by telling the listeners what trademark prosecution is all about sure ashita thanks for the question so in simple terms trademark prosecution is the legal process of filing examining and registering a trademark application it also involves a series of actions performed by a trademark lawyer or agent with the trademark office for the purpose of filing modifying opposing and renewing a trademark application in a nutshell it includes all the steps that take place starting from the filing of a new application till the registration of a trademark thank you sir for enlightening us with the whole process now uh, i would like to move on to the next question sir can you briefly tell us about the steps in trademark prosecution sure so uh, trademark prosecution consists mainly of six steps uh, in many cases there are just five which i'll take a few moments to explain so the first step is conducting a trademark search which is not mandatory as per law but is highly recommended this is done to ensure that there is no existing registered or unregistered mark that is clashing with the chosen mark it helps one to know if there are similar trademarks that already exist in the register of trademark the second step is filing of a trademark application so after conducting a search the next step would be to file a trademark application with the trademark office a new application can be filed in both online and offline mode once the application is filed an application number along with an official receipt is provided to the applicant the next step that is step 3 is the examination of a trademark application where after the trademark application is filed an examination report is issued by the trademark examiner in which he may either accept the trademark for registration or he may raise objections in accordance with relevant sections of the trademark act If there are no objections the application gets published in the trademark journal if the examiner puts certain objections in the application then the applicant is given 30 days to respond to the objection wherein one has to put his contentions along with evidence in order to waive off the objections if the response is not accepted one can request for a hearing after that comes the fourth step that is publication of trademark So once the application has been accepted a set trademark is advertised and published in the trademark journal where it stays for a period of 4 months 
The Trademark Journal is released every Monday and is available on the official registry's website at www.ipindia.nic.com. Moving on to the fifth step, which is the opposition from general public. The aim behind the advertisement is to invite objections or oppositions, if any, from any third parties vis-a-vis -vis the registration of the proposed trademark. Accordingly, any person can file a notice of opposition expressing his concern over the registration of a particular trademark within four months of the mark's publication date in the trademark journal. It should be noted that opposition is dependent on third party. Then comes the last step, which is registration of the trademark. This is the final step towards the entire registration procedure, where the application gets registered after overcoming all the objections and oppositions, if there were any. Once the application is registered, a registration certificate under the seal of the trademark office is issued. In case there has been no objection against the registration of the trademark during its publication period of four months, then the trademark certificate registration certificate is issued. Once the registration is complete, the trademark gets perpetual validity subject to renewal after every 10 years. Thank you, sir, for patiently telling me and the listeners the steps that are included in trademark prosecution. And sir, not only that, I didn't even know that uh, the aim behind the advertisement is to invite objections and oppositions from the third party. Uh, so that was something new that I came to know from you. Thank you so much, sir, for telling us that. Thank you. Sir, uh, you had mentioned that the importance of trademark search is often undermined. Could you please inform our listeners regarding the importance of conducting a trademark search before filing an application? Sure, Rishita. So, although not mandatory under trademark law, a trademark search is a crucial step before filing a trademark application or a new application. A thorough trademark search helps in identifying existing confusingly similar or identical and prohibited trademark thereby ascertaining the distinctiveness and registrability of one's own trademark. A proper trademark search reduces or in some cases eliminates future possibilities of trademark objections, oppositions and infringements. I have been involved in several instances where individuals and companies did not perform a search early on while registering while applying for the trademark and later regretted their decision when they found themselves embroiled in extensive legal disputes or in situations where they were compelled to change their trademark, both of which could have been easily avoided with a simple search prior to finding the application. Thus, a proper trademark search helps save a lot of cost and time in the long run. Uh, now that was quite interesting to know about. I hope next time anyone who goes for filing a trademark, they all trademark search, which would also help them for like further problem or like prospective problems that they would have in future. Thank you, sir. Uh, sir, uh, can you tell what are the grounds for refusal of registration of trademark prosecution? Sure, Ishita. So I think this this topic of refusal is a very wide topic. And uh, uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of discussion that can happen on this. So I'll just keep it brief uh, for the purpose of this uh, podcast. So 
refusal for of registration of trademark procedure a trademark application can be done in two ways uh it's under section 9 and section 11 under which the trademark examiner actually objects the application so section 9 of the trademark act provides for the absolute grounds of refusal of a trademark to name a few grounds a trademark cannot be registered uh, sorry a trademark cannot be generic uh, that is it should not lack distinctive character it should not be descriptive in nature such as designating the kind quality quantity purpose of the product it should not comprise of obscene matter or matter which could hurt the religious sentiments of the public and uh, at last it should not be prohibited under the emblems and names prevention of improper use act 1950 the next is the relative grounds for refusal of a trademark which are provided in section 11 of the trademark act according to which a trademark cannot be registered if it is identical to an earlier trademark and similar in goods and services or similar to an earlier trademark and identical in goods and services also if it is similar or identical to a well known trademark regardless of similarity in goods and services and if its use is prevented by the law in force thank you sir for telling us the importance of section 9 and 11 of trademark trademarks act 1999 i even didn't know that uh, a trademark couldn't even uh, comprise uh, of any obscene matter also like in the trademark thank you sir for telling us that uh, now moving on to the next question uh, if an indian company wants to protect its trademark internationally what are the ways in which we can do it so shita that is a very pertinent question at this point of time considering that all the businesses uh, aim to go global so uh, i'll just put out two different ways through which uh, an indian company can protect its trademark internationally the first would be through the madrid protocol which is governed by wipo which is the world intellectual property organization for international trademark registration it it enables and allows an applicant to obtain pro- trademark protection in all member countries through a single application i should mention here that india became a signatory to the madrid protocol in 2013 under the agreement nationals of any member country can get protection of their mark in countries and jurisdictions that are contracting parties to the protocol on the basis of their locally advertised or registered trademark So let's say if my mark is not registered in India right now, but it has been published in the journal, I can still apply for protection of my mark to the Madras. This is one way to protect your trademark internationally. The other way would be to file individual applications in the respective countries you want to register your mark in. So, for example, if you want to register your mark in just United States of America and you do not want to go opt for the Madras system. Then you can straight away uh, contact an attorney in from the USA, and you can register your mark by following the necessary format. Um, thank you, sir. And also, I remember, uh, like while I was doing the course under you, I I read a lot about the Madrid pro- protocol. And right now, you are again explaining us about the Madrid protocol. It just took me back towards the nostalgic periods of you explaining us. Yeah, thank you so much, sir. Um, now, um, sir, uh, 
just one question uh, like for you which is which is the one uh, protocol or one agreement that you think is uh, good for everyone uh, for, personally for me i think it is madrid protocol uh, what about you sir see ishita there could be no straightforward answer to this but i think uh, that uh, there are different protocols for different agreements that fico governs for different kinds of ipr so we have the uh, pct which is for patents uh, then we have a different agreement for designs then we have different agreements for copyrights and this we have different agreements for trademark so if i would say in the aspect of trademark then i think madrid protocol uh, is a great way for uh, is very efficient also because i have assisted a lot of clients in uh, getting their applications registered in different countries through the madrid system so i feel it is very convenient uh, when it comes to trademark registration and cost effective Uh, okay sir thank you sir uh, can you briefly explain uh, what is infringement of the trademark and passing off what is the difference between them sure so uh, this is a very uh, good question so uh, many individuals or students do not know the difference between infringement and passing off so one key difference is that while infringement applies only to registered trademarks uh, passing off apply protects unregistered trademarks as well So in in infringement, the plaintiffs required to establish that the infringing mark is deceptively uh, similar or identical to the registered trademark in respect of similar goods and services. Uh, uh, whether, uh, however, in passing passing off, the plaintiff is not only required to establish deceptive similarity between the two marks, but is also required to prove the element of deception or confusion and the likelihood of injury to the plaintiff. So. Uh, Infringement is actually a statutory remedy, and which is covered under Section 29 of the Trademark Act, whereas passing off is a common law remedy. Uh, thank you, sir, for telling us the difference. Even I had uh, a a grey line, or you can say a grey area between what's the difference between the infringement of trademark and passing off. Thank you, sir, for um, eliminating my uh, issues and also the listeners who are having their own problems in uh, understanding what's the difference between trademark and uh, trademark infringement and passing off. Thank you, sir. Now moving on to the next question, sir, can you tell the listeners about a few landmark? trademark uh, landmark trademark cases sure ishita so i think there would be hundreds of cases which are landmark but i just uh, uh, you know for the uh, for the for the sake of time i'll just mention just three of the cases that i found very interesting while reading them so one was uh, milmet offer industries versus allergen corporation so in this case the supreme court extended the protection Guaranteed under trademark law in India to a well-known foreign brand, the court restrained an Indian company from using the mark Occuflock. The judgment was given irrespective of the fact that the U.S. company has neither used the mark in the Indian market nor the mark was registered in India. This concept is actually known as transporter reputation of a trademark. The next case is Christian Lubotin versus Pawan Kumar. So in this case, the defendant Pawan Kumar had been selling women's footwear, uh, covering the uh, or having the red sole trademark of Christian Lubotin, which is registered in various countries uh, by the by the plaintiff, and is actually a distinguishing characteristic of their product. So the Delhi High Court held that Christian Lubotin is recognized by customers across the world 
and India as well and held that Red Soul trademark was well known and people associated it with Christian Louboutin. The final case would be a very interesting case that happened in the recent years which was Starbucks Corporation versus Sardarbucks Coffee. So in this case, the plaintiff owned Starbucks and its logo representing the long-haired crown maiden. They found that the uh, defendants were using a logo with a black circular band saying Sardarbucks Coffee and Company and the image of a turbaned man and baby lines behind it. This logo actually used the color scheme of the logo of Starbucks. The Delhi High Court found that found the marks to be similar and granted injunction in favor of Starbucks and ordered the defendants to change the name to Sardarji Bucks Coffee and Company for running their business. Uh, those were quite interesting landmark cases, sir. And uh, the one of the case that I uh, actually enjoyed was Christian Louboutin versus Pawan Kumar. I mean, uh, Christian Louboutin's uh, The Red Soul is one of the most famous uh, trademark. And obviously, like someone else, like uh, infringing that trademark is like a huge insult to the one who created it. So I, I uh, really appreciated this case, sir. And so much for enlightening us with these three cases. Uh, now, uh, moving on to the next question, sir. Uh, can you tell us how a law student should upskill themselves? So, uh, Ishita, thanks for the question. And uh, <clears throat> so, my uptake on this uh, has been very different since my experiences have mainly based on the DIY approach, since I did not have much guidance while entering the profession. So, I had to figure out a lot of things uh, on myself by myself. So, uh, you know. Uh, there are few things that I think that a law student who who does not get much guidance can do. Number one would be to uh, use the internet to start writing. Okay, maybe it is a blog, maybe it is articles, or maybe it is uh, something LinkedIn post or whatever. So I think uh, you should start writing about the topic that you're interested in, whether it's trademarks. So there are many different different concepts that. Uh, are actually uh, available in trademarks. So I think we sh- one can start writing on any particular concept. And then the other would be to constantly, you know, keep yourself updated with what's happening in your respective field. You know, uh, use technology for that matter. You know, send, uh, you know, I think the one thing that, one of the best thing that one can do is to keep oneself updated is to use your Gmail account by setting uh, by turning on the Google Google alerts, you know they have certain keywords which you can use. So if you want to search about trademarks, you can use keywords like trademark or trademark judgments. Or so these are things that I use. So I always am up to date. Uh, you know Google keeps on sending me these uh, links to read new and new articles. That way I'm updated with what's happening. The other, uh, the last word I would think would be to you know enroll yourself in some short skill building courses that are not just about law so while you know, one can do a lot of uh, law ba- based courses but they are you know skill building courses are equally important i think uh, skill building courses like storytelling or public speaking or you know how to uh, how, how to communicate effectively so all these courses are uh, available at very reasonable prices so anybody who wants to is interested in can actually take benefit of that 
uh, sir, interestingly, uh, even I use Google Alerts uh, so that I always get updates upon intellectual property rights, uh, which is my niche. Uh, those were really helpful, sir. I hope the listeners have also taken a note of that. Thank you, sir. Uh, moving on to the next question, uh, sir, can you tell us more about any upcoming initiatives by Fiki? And before that, um, I just want to ask you if that is not that personal. What are the um, uh, uh, Google alerts that you keep with yourself, which uh, which you think are very important to you? Your Rishita, it's not personal at all. It's very important to understand these. So I use uh, Google keywords like. Delhi High Court judgment, uh, trademark judgment, uh, then I use cyber law judgments and all these things. Uh, so I use, uh, you know, Madras High Court trademark. So all these, I just try to combine trademark or patent in every kind of, with every kind of judgment alert so that I get the relevant update. Uh, okay, sir. Uh, uh, next time, even I will add those keywords in my Google Alerts. Thank you, sir. Uh, so mo- the ne- the next question, which we'll be moving now, will be: uh, Can you tell us more about any upcoming initiatives by Federation of Indian Chambers of Commerce and Industry? So yes, Ashita. So recently, while you know, uh, while we were doing some research, we found out that uh, you know one of the key areas where uh, in trademark law one major area of work for lawyers in trademark law is filing licensing and drafting various kinds of agreements that relate to trademarks and in the last few years also we saw that um, in in financial year 1920 there were more than 3 lakh trademark applications that were filed so i think these these there was a very upward trend which uh, which was which signified a lot of increase in trademark applications whereas we found out that uh, a lot of law students did not have the uh, resource to gain practical knowledge because a lot of them could not get into uh, different law firm internships or wherever where they could acquire such knowledge. So, uh, keeping this in mind, you know, uh, we are first, first for the first time we are coming up with a specific course which is dedicated to trademark prosecution. This is specifically for students and people who want to understand the practicalities of uh, trademark prosecution and how the process takes effect in India. So uh, we te- we will be teaching everything related to the procedures, the drafting. You know what are the what are the uh, different kinds of activities that are involved. Apart from that, we have a lot of skill based exercises wherein you know people can actually uh, kind of a will be kind of a demo kind of thing where people can actually practice how to actually file a trademark application. Yeah, this is a new initiative that we have. Oh, that sounds quite fascinating for the IPR industry and the students and professionals who want to learn more about trademark prosecution further. Sir, can you please guide us on how one should plan his or her internships? Well, so to be very honest, uh, well, I actually got interested in IP, so I did not look after anything else. So all my internships were in IP only, uh, whether I interned at Wiki, whether I interned at different law firms. So all my internships should be ever in IP. So for a, for someone who is getting into internships, I would suggest, you know, to, uh, it, it is in majority of cases, try and try to get an internship, which is more than a month, because when an internship is two months or more, 
you actually get to learn more that's what i witnessed when i was working so that is one thing and the other one would be to you know don't just run after you know getting internships the, it could you should actually study the organization wherein you want to apply and think of it yourself whether you are going to get some value out of it this is a mistake that i did while i was uh, you know searching for internships so i think one of the things could be it is all about value what value are you getting out of it so uh, if you are getting to learn something out of it then you know whether the organization is small or big it doesn't matter if you're learning the procedures of the code uh, then you should go with it the other would be to uh, try and connect with a lot more people use your linkedin very effectively i think that's very interesting it's very interesting social media for gaining professional connections so use your uh, linkedin try and write a lot of uh, posts related to your field so that you are actually getting noticed by people who are viewing your you know viewing your content so i think uh, in general i could be i could say these are the few tips that i think one can use thank you sir uh, thank you sir for helping me uh, through this podcast and the listeners uh, the students who are who will also be and who are um, listening to this podcast and yes uh, sir you are genuinely correct um, using linkedin like uh, profusely like like uh, way more and to like gain uh, uh, knowledge it's very important sir thank you so much Sir, uh, whoever has interacted with you knows that you are an adventure enthusiast. Have you ever been able to form a link between your adventure travel experience with intellectual property rights? So, very interesting question. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, so I'll tell you a very interesting experience which happened to me with uh, this year only. So. I went to paragliding uh, in uh, Billing, which is the Asia's highest uh, point. So you know, uh, it's just highest point to jump from. So while, uh, of course, when you're jumping, you're a bit scared as to what what would happen if the glider fails or anything, because then you're done, right? So uh, after coming out, uh, you know, when uh, so after the after landing, actually, I actually went to the office of the. Uh, you know of the person who was taking me to you know with whom i jumped so and then i you know made him sat and we discussed for about half an hour to understand the technicalities of a glider and how does the glider work and i interestingly found out that a lot of that this glider had a lot of good patents to it so there was a lot of aspect on that and the glider was also of a very renowned brand so yeah that's that's uh, that is one experience which i have had you know with travel and uh, with adventure and ip the other would be when i was <coughs> you know trekking so <coughs> when you are trekking in the mountains and when it's very cold so you need to have that proper kind of uh, clothing with you the proper kind of tent to sleep in because at the night the winds are very fast and there's a lot of snow and so there are chances that you might get sick so uh you know the, the the materials through which the you know the uh, the tents and the the equipments are made are actually protected through patents and they are very and they belong to very renowned renowned companies so i think yeah uh, ip you know what i realize is ip is just everywhere we just keep we just don't realize but every aspect of life you know ip is critical so yeah that's that's been a 
very uh, that's how i was able to find a link between uh, my my experiences uh, of travel and ipr you're absolutely right sir we can find ipr everywhere right now i'm drinking from the bottle of himalayan water and i'm 100% sure that even the bottle's logo is trademarked and registered uh even uh, i would like to add that um, the our uh, gamusa that they, uh, in uh, of our assam the gamusa uh, the scarf that we take um, the geographical indication which is again comes under intellectual property rights sir uh, it it got us gi protection only in 2019 like we have been carrying it for such a long centuries but the gi protection which we got it was only in 2019 so this was just in yeah yeah i am aware of that and uh, i actually own i actually own it and it's very fascinating great great product okay sir thank you so much sir so uh, before we finish off uh, would you like to tell the listeners a motto that you uh, live your life by so yeah uh, sheta so i don't think there is a single motto which i could say that yes i live life by this this life itself is changing and evolving every day for me and it's gifting way with a lot of new experiences uh, but over the years a few things that i have realized and i try to you know live by them and i try to tell people this thing only that uh, you know the first would be to not delay anything uh, if you want something to you know to do it to do i mean just do it okay if you want to start a blog today do not delay it because uh, we if you are actually interested in it then do not delay the other would be to not to uh, not lie to yourself i think one of the most uh, one of the most uh, one of the most uh, negative things that we do is to lie to ourselves because uh, we know because whether the world knows us or not but we know whether we are right or wrong in things so i don't i think we should not get into the habit of self convincing i think we should own up to our mistakes when we do it the third would be to obviously get into the habit of reading not just legal but non legal stuff as well because that actually calms your mind in uh, in a very uh, in a very effective manner the next would be to not just focus on receiving but uh, focus on giving the uh, other thing the last i would say would be to develop the habit of gratitude because that's one of the most underrated Uh, things which you do not do i think we should all have developed the habit of gratitude and be thankful first for what you have because a lot of people don't even have that so i think yeah uh, these are the few things that i believe uh, that i try to uh, you know put in my life i try to use them in my life yeah Thank so i you, hope sir. that uh, you know, gives a bit of message yes sir Sir, one motto which I really loved about uh, you, sir, is like to not to lie uh, to yourself because yes, you're right. We know ourselves more than anyone else, and we should always put our authentic self to the physical world, sir. Uh, thank you, sir, for telling us all this motto. And I think uh, we all listeners should take a note on this motto and life lessons from sir. Thank you, DBS, sir. It was an interesting session. I would like to thank all the listeners for listening to this podcast, sir. And I also hope you like interacting with me. Yes, Chetan. 
thank you so much and i hope that uh, uh, i hope that you continue doing this uh, and i do hope that you don't stop it in between this keep on doing it uh, the result might not come very easily uh, very early but if you are consistent then you know result will fall in place so all the best thank you sir i will take these words from you thank you so much and sir it was a pleasure to have you and discuss trademark prosecution and what should one know about it it was a really insightful conversation with you today sir thank you for questions suggestions and recommendations please feel free to contact us on our instagram or linkedin accounts thank you for listening to our episode 3 hope to host more talk shows every sunday this way we can all and will learn together the aspects and prospects of ipr and competition law this is in conversation with ipr and competition law see you soon in the next episode